Well, the season of Christmas continues for us. This is the first Sunday after Christmas, and so hopefully you haven't put your trees away just yet. You're still gift-giving. All the kids said amen. Confession, this was the earliest we've ever put away our Christmas tree. By 11 p.m. last Sunday night, our tree was undecorated, bagged, and on the curb. Uh, 7 a.m., it was in the garbage truck, which, to be honest, was really wonderful. Um, Usually, we're the people who, like, mid-February, we're like, we have to get rid of this fire hazard that is still planted in our living room. As we already mentioned, this Sunday, today, is the holy name of Jesus, the feast of the holy name of Jesus. This is a, one of the minor feasts, but it's one of the feasts that falls in this season of Christmas tide. And it, again, focuses us in on what it is that Jesus carries a name. The, uh, the work of naming things is, is daunting. It's meaningful, it's literally meaningful to give someone or to give something a name. And doing that kind of work bears a kind of responsibility that few other tasks bear. Naming things is also a uniquely human task, human responsibility. Think back to that moment in the scriptures when God is doing the work of creating, of bringing all things into existence. But the only identity, the only claim that God makes on his creation is that it's good. The claim is that what has been created is good. Human beings are the ones who are tasked with the right naming of what has been made. For those of you who are parents, you know this daunting task of naming this child that's just been brought into the world, our firstborn daughter, Eleanor. The entire time my wife was pregnant, we thought we were having a boy. We were being told we were going to have a boy. And some of you know this story as well. Nora is born, and we go, that's not a boy. And so everything that we had planned, everything that we had bought for her room and clothes that had been gifted to us, the name that we had picked out, suddenly was no longer fitting for Nora. And so for a few days in the hospital, the only identifier of this child was just baby Pano because we didn't know who this person was and what we were going to call her. Naming things rightly matters. And because naming things rightly matters, this is why the personification of evil is accusation. The Satan literally means the accuser, wrongly, falsely identifying things that God has called good. To participate in evil then is to falsely name those things by their right identity. So when we talk about the name of Jesus, we are talking about the way God has identified and revealed God's self to humanity. The name is more than just the word Jesus. The name is is Yahweh, the name that was revealed to Moses, that I am who I am. 
The name is Jesus, the name entrusted to Mary and to Joseph, but it's also the name that is above all names. In Jesus, God names himself for us, for our sake. He answers to that name when we call him and yet remains uncontrollable, unsummonable, not a tame lion, as C.S. Lewis reminds us. Still, there was something unsettling to me this week as I was reflecting on this feast and reflecting on the name of Jesus. Something in me that wanted to resist saying that the name of Jesus is, is, is magical in some way. If you grew up in a church that was anything like the church I grew up in, there were songs and hymns just about the name of Jesus. We reflected and meditated on this name of Jesus. And I'm skeptical enough, cynical enough, that at a certain point you go, what's in a name? What, what, what is it about this word Jesus that really means anything? St. Bernard, he's an 11th, 12th century abbot and mystic. He writes beautifully about this holy name. He says this, is anyone among you sad? Let but Jesus come into his heart and the mouth echo him saying, Jesus. And lo, the light of that name disperses every cloud and brings sunshine back again. Have any of you committed sin and is despair driving you into the snare of death? Invoke the name of life and life will come back to the soul. Was there ever a man that having hearing this saving name could keep up that common fault of hardness of heart or drowsiness of sluggishness or rancor of soul or languor of sloth? All the kids are following right along this morning. If anyone perchance felt that the fountain of his tears was dry, did it not gush forth more plentifully than ever and flow more sweetly than ever as soon as he invoked the name of Jesus? If any of us were ever in danger and our heart beat with fear, did not this name of power bring us confidence and courage the moment we pronounced it? When we were tossed to and fro by Perplexing doubts, did not the evidence of what was right burst on us as we called upon the name of Jesus? When we were discouraged and crushed by adversity, did not our heart take courage when our tongue uttered the name of help? All this is most true, for all these miseries are the sickness and faintings of the soul, and the name of Jesus is our medicine. Beautiful. But I found myself asking this question. When St. Bernard says, who has ever been afraid and spoke the name of Jesus and wasn't immediately filled with courage? As I read it, I actually said out loud, me. <laughs> I've been afraid. I've been in darkness and needed the light of Jesus. I've been hungry and needed the food that Jesus gives. I've been sick and needed the medicine of Jesus. And just saying the name of Jesus didn't always help. The name of Jesus, invoking that name, it's not magical like a talisman. It's, 
It's not like a magic ring or some stone that can summon some kind of magic power in our lives. Remember, this is how the sons of Sceva try to use the name of Jesus. Do you remember this story in Acts 19? Sceva, who is this Jewish high priest, he had seven sons who were going around and driving out these evil spirits. And they had witnessed Paul's works. They'd seen how effectively he exercised evil spirits. And so they start using a new formula for themselves, a new talisman, like I mentioned, by invoking the name of Jesus. So they would say to the, to the demon, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And this doesn't always go their way. One day as they're doing this, this demon that they're trying to cast out refuses and says, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Our invoking the name of Jesus only carries power, only carries meaning when we know the God whose name is Jesus. There's at least one other Paul in the room this morning that I know of. And if my wife walked in and said, Paul, it's going to mean something different to me than it does to the other people in the room who happen to share this same name. Her calling my name means something to me that it doesn't mean to other people. When I was a kid, the church that we grew up in, every Easter we put on this, this big musical, this big play, and my mom played a role in this. She was the woman who sang down the Via Della Rosa. Some of you know that song. And my mom, she's beautiful. She's blonde. She's, she actually looks a lot like uh, Princess Diana. And in this play, she wore a wig and this big gowned thing and a wrap around her head. And I remember sitting in one of those performances as a kid. And I was by the door. And she had just sang her song. And she came out around the other side of the auditorium to come and get me. And she opens the door and from the hallway, she's going, Paul, Paul, come here, come here. And I know who my mom is. I know what my mom looks like. And this person standing at the door is not my mom. <laughs> and so of course she has to march through the auditorium, you know, in her whole get up and grab me and take me. But this is the point. The people who call our names, it only means something when we know them and are known by them. Our invoking the name of Jesus in our time of trouble, in our time of need, in our time of sickness, and in our time of suffering, it only means so much insofar as we know this one who calls himself Jesus. Naming matters. Jesus must be called by that name. It is who he is. No other name would fit him the same. But to rely on the name of Jesus for our light, for our sustenance, for our health, for our salvation, again, it only means anything so long as we know the one whom we are calling on. This is why baptism matters for the body of Christ. In that liturgy, there's a moment when we name those who are being baptized and we emphasize that they who are they are in Christ. 
If you remember, we hoist those babies up over our heads and we announce their name and proclaim who they are of God. Their identity has shifted. Their name has changed. You are no longer a stranger calling out some kind of common name. You are a son, you are a daughter, you are a child of God, and he hears you calling out to him as one of his own. The name of Jesus on your lips means something. Jesus is the son of Mary and Joseph. He is the son of David, the son of man, and the son of God, who has taken on the fullness of the human experience. God Almighty takes a human name. And again, speaking the name of Jesus isn't a fix if you don't know the one whose name you're speaking. When you're calling on the name of Jesus, there is specificity, there is particularity. This is how we identify and recognize, call on, invoke God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You can't love Jesus if you don't know Jesus. But you can't know Jesus by any other name than the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Cornel West gave a lecture in Berlin. And afterward, he was approached by this academic who had heard him talking about Aristotle and Descartes and Nietzsche and Hegel and Plato, Schopenhauer. And he asked him this question. You talk about all these philosophers, about all these great minds, people who have these ideas about the world and how we organize ourselves and the meaning of life. Why do you still talk about Jesus? And Cornel West <laughs> says, I had to tell him where I came from. He said, I had to tell him about being baptized 62 years ago in Shiloh Baptist Church. I had to tell him about the sweet Jesus that my mother and my father sang about. I had to tell him about the sweet Jesus that my grandfather, who founded Metropolitan Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, preached about. And he said, this is not about Jesus in the abstract. It's about the sweet Jesus that we sing about. He said this, quote, our life in Christ is not about conviction, it's about affection. My ancestors, he said, knew a sweet Jesus and I know that same sweet Jesus. Again, we cannot love Jesus if we don't know Jesus, if we don't know his character, if we don't know his posture toward the oppressed, toward the outcast, toward the brokenhearted. And in the same way, we can't love a version of Jesus that we just invent for ourselves. Remember what Cornel West said, it was the same sweet Jesus. Knowing the same Jesus is the point. One of the clearest indicators that we've started falling in love with a Jesus who does not actually exist, a Jesus that we've invented, is asking ourselves the question, does Jesus judge all the same people that I do? Anne Lamott famously wrote, you can safely assume that you have created God in your own image 
when it turns out he hates all the same people you do. It turns out that Jesus loves all those people that you hate. Because the God-made flesh presence in the world is a blessing. When God, our Old Testament text today, when God speaks to Moses and he imparts this blessing, the Aaronic blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He says this to Moses, so they shall put my name on the Israelites. That to bear God's name in the world is to be a blessing, not a curse. To carry God's name, to be Christian, to carry the name of Christ in the world, by definition, is to exist in the world in a way in which you bless other people. You are not the blessing. Some of you might think you're the blessing. You are not the blessing. You carry the blessing and you announce the blessing, but the blessing is God. We are merely announcing who God is. So on this feast of the holy name of Jesus, here at the beginning of our years, we're considering who do we want to be? Who do we want to become? I invite you to this. Let's be people that honor that name of Jesus by committing ourselves to blessing other people. Let's be a people who love Jesus, that same sweet Jesus. Let's be a people who are committed more to affection than to conviction. Amen.